Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy, your insider's guide to franchising in the Heartland area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for information, resources, and advocacy for all things related to the franchising industry and for entrepreneurs thinking about learning more regarding the franchise industry. Today, we've got a very unique guest who's joined us via Zoom. I want to thank you for spending some time with us today. This is Todd Feaster. Thanks, Blake. Good to be here. I'm glad you called me unique. I can hardly wait to see what that really means. <laughs> that was a total setup. Now I can run with it. <laughs> good, 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 good. You know how you catch me? You unique up on me. Well, there you go. There you go. I like it already. Those are dad jokes. We can always use more dad jokes in this total, podcast. Total, total dad jokes. So sorry. Maybe Cam's going to stop us now and maybe we'll start over. But uh, but it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're, you're very much welcome. Aside from being a terrible dad joke teller, yes. uh, Todd is also, by definition, a serial entrepreneur, his own several businesses, several of them very unique. And that's what I meant by uniquing up on you. Oh, yeah, good. Thank you. You bet. Uh he, he's, uh, in addition to being in the franchising field himself, he's had some background in, in private equity, in mergers and acquisitions. Uh, so you run a fractured CFO service. Can you tell me a little bit about what that looks like? Uh, fractional CFO services. Think of it as back office accounting services. So we just added our 24th employee this week. We've more than tripled our employee count and doubled our revenue size this year. And what we do is we provide back office accounting services from CFO to controller to accounting manager to bookkeeping specialist to payroll specialist. So any kind of back office accounting need that a closely held small business may need, we have the team to come in and provide that expertise. Fascinating. What was the impetus behind that business? What what made you think to start that business? I actually worked in a uh, fractional CFO services business in the late 90s. I uh, went to work for one of my clients at that time, and we did a roll-up strategy in the telecom industry and bought and sold a number of companies. But I really enjoyed it. And, uh, and really, my business partner and I, who I met about 20 years or so ago, he's a CPA. Uh, and as we started looking at what the needs of the business owners were and what the needs of employees and were out there, we said, boy, there's a huge need for business owners to know and understand and provide expertise in knowing and understanding their numbers. So what we're not though, we're not a CPA firm, so we don't do taxes. But what we do is we come around closely held businesses to help them accurately and timely report their financial numbers to give them good data so yeah. they can make good business decisions. So. A lot of entrepreneurs aren't very good with numbers, right? So from, my, so from my other side of the business, the big need that most of our business owners had is like they need good numbers to make good decisions. And so I would love to say that five years ago, we knew what was going to happen. We knew COVID was coming and, and everything that was happening. But we hate, I hate to say it, but we just kind of stumbled into this space to where now in the last two years, there's folks out there that need our expertise and there's employees out there that don't want to go make the donuts every day, right? They don't want to go into the same company, do the same thing for the same company. So we now have employees that want to work 10, 20, 30, 40 hours a week with three or four different clients. And we have clients that want expertise, but they don't want to pay for a full-time person. And quite frankly, they can pay for multiple people and completely 
outfit their their back office accounting team at a very high level. Does that make sense? It does make sense. A very, no. very unique model. I know you're not the only one in the world doing it, but no. uh, certainly can understand how you would come up with that that idea of being an entrepreneur yourself. And I'm not, I'm not a CFO, right? I'm an operator. I'm a business operator, but that's why I've got a really great partner who is a CPA, who is a CFO. We've got five CFOs on our team. We've got four controllers and the balance of our folks are accounting, accounting uh, experts. And we've got some folks that do business valuations and we help buy, people buy and sell their businesses also. We've got an M&A director. So we've been able to build a really great team of experts to go out and support our clients. Fantastic. Good to know a service like that exists. And, you know, as you were describing that, the common thread, of course, in what you do is is all about uh, understanding the numbers of your business, a focus mm-hmm. on financials and learning from the financials. And needless to say, the end result being a focus on the right kind of income generation, which brings right. me to one of the topics that is really yeah. the genesis behind the discussion today. And that is, you talked to me a little bit about the book, The 100-Year Life, mm-hmm. and how that changed your own thinking on income generation for your own future. Can you talk a little bit about the lessons that you've taken away from this book, The 100-Year Life? So this uh, book was given to me, The 100-Year Life, was, was given to me by one of my mentors who helped me exit um, – <laughs> exit my W-2 role about 11 years ago when I bought my first business, uh, franchise business. And he then gave me this book and said, hey, read this. This is really interesting. I think you and your clients will find it very interesting. And so I've read this book probably five or six different times. And I pull something out of it every, something different every time. And so what this book really helped me understand is that um, the traditional, what I would call I don't know, multi-stage life where Mm -hmm. you get your education, you go out and you work in a career and then you retire. Exactly what we're all told to do in the beginning, right? Yes, that's, yeah, follow, work at a company, get the gold watch, retire (laughs) and go and play golf, right? So, um, but but that's changed now. And the reason that that has changed is because we're all getting older, you know, and we're living longer. Now, there has been a decrease in the life expectancy in the last 18 months due to COVID. But overall, the longer-term trends are that we have right now, you and I, a 50% chance that we're going to live to be 100 years old, okay? Our kids, you know, so children born uh, over a century ago had less than a 1% chance of living to 100, okay? If you're 60 years old right now, you have a 50% chance to make it to 90. If you're 40 years old right now, you have a 50% chance to live to 95. So let's rewind this a little bit. By the way, very encouraging for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're 29, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, right. Sure. So so am I. So uh, so, um, in 1935, when Social Security was actually enacted, their age of retirement was set at 65, okay? The average life expectancy in 1935 was 61. So they expected you to live to 61, but your retirement age was 65. Now, if we look at just right now that our average life expectancy is 80 years, which in growing could be 100 years, but retirement's still at 65, how are we going to continue to create income? How are we going to continue to learn? How are we going to continue to grow? So my business partner and I, after we read this book, we was like, we want to equip our business. So 
when I'm 63, I'm 53 now, when I'm 63 and when I'm 73, I can still be working and generating income, but we want to build a team and we want to build a company that allows us to continue to generate income into our 60s, 70s, and 80s. So there's been these now there's these additional stages that have come into play where folks are now doing exploration. They're becoming agile or gig workers, or they're creating a portfolio of companies because whether we like it or not, and the folks that we work with and that you work with that are looking to transition out of their corporate careers, ageism, ageism is alive and well. Yeah. They've got talent, they've got skills, they've got abilities, but nobody wants to hire them once they're 60 or 65. So they need to be able to create additional income. They need to be able to retool. There's a, a statistic, and I can't find it right, right off the top of my head, but there's something crazy like 80% of the jobs that are going to be here in 10 years haven't even been determined or, 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 uh, or identified yet. Wow. Artificial intelligence is growing so rapidly, even within our bookkeeping and our, our accounting work, you know, we're utilizing bots to do reoccurring transactions. We're using automated workflow processes to pay bills automatically. And so there's so much that's happening right now. You know, the whole society a hundred years ago was very agrarian, right? And yeah. now it's gone from being agrarian to industrial to management. And now it's, it's technology. It's technology. It's, uh, it's all these advances. So folks are really having to say, okay, if I'm going to retire at 65, but I'm going to live to be a hundred, do I have the health to make it that far? Do I have the cash? Yeah. Do I have the retirement funds? Do I have the skills? So if these skills are all changing in the next 10 years, how are we adapting and how are we changing? So this book changed my whole approach on evaluating the gig economy in the last five or six years. We were fortunate that we had the wheels in motion for TP4 advisors as the as an outsource for fractional bookkeeping, accounting, and CFO service business. And fortunately, we've been really able to leverage what's happening, uh, you know, within the marketplace, not only for, I mean, there's a huge lack of talent right now. And we are providing roles for large, you know, national organizations, for private equity firms, for closely held small businesses. And so really we're able to take these folks that want to create some additional income and maybe they're 65, maybe they're 70, maybe they're 29. I mean, the age range of our 24 employees goes all the way from 69 years old to 24. Six years old. So, so let me ask you. Are, let me interject if yeah, I couldn't ask you a sure, question. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm just going on. No, and no, on no, and no, on. no. That's okay. I, you were on a roll, and it was very eloquent, and that's why I wanted to hear you continue to connect those dots. You talked about the gig economy, and I'm going to ask you for your own definition of that. But part of what I'm hearing here is just if you're if you're an entrepreneur, a positioning yourself like you have in your business, such mm -hmm. that it can create passive income for you into later stages of life, much later right. than we may have ever anticipated before. But Correct. then secondly, the key to that is finding those willing participants in the gig economy, which could be people of all different ages, right? We're not just talking about, when you're saying gig economy, we're not talking about 20-somethings. We're talking no, no, about, no. go ahead. Yeah, I mean, there are 50% of, uh, of uh, folks ages 16 to 24 participate right now in the gig economy. And okay. it is define the gig economy. So the, the gig economy, actually gig is a, is a jazz term. 
you know, uh, from the early 1930s or 1920s that says, hey, it's a temporary position. It's contingent. It's short term. It's independent. I'm going to go play a gig. Right. I'm going to go. I, I got this gig here. So <laughs> it is a it is a part time. It is a flexible. I mean, there's many words for gig, flexible, agile, on demand, contingent, temporary, dependent, self-employed, adjunct. Get my point? There's lots of definitions out here for for the gig economy. It really is really a term to say, hey, I got flexible work. And again, this flexibility, look at what's happened with this great resignation. People are leaving New York City to go live in Florida because they can all be remote now. Right. You know, my Why son not? That worked, There's no reason well, not yeah, to. <laughs> yeah. My, my son that worked on in Manhattan for a number of years, he was, he didn't have to go into the bank anymore. He could move anywhere he wanted to move. So, so now your job isn't tied to a specific zip code or area so you can be more flexible you can move so gig economy or the gig is just a short-term flexible it could be a long-term flex it could be a short-term flex many different options there but again gig is hey i'm going to go in i'm going to work for somebody i've got the freedom i got the flexibility to kind of do it how i want to do it that makes sense Absolutely. It, it's awesome. something that we talk about a lot here on the podcast, right? And uh -huh. flexibility yeah. and freedom and entrepreneurship, they kind of go hand control. in hand. Yes, control. Control. Yeah. That's a yeah. big one. So the book, again, The 100-Year Life, and I'm not here to promote it, but I'm partway through it based yeah. upon your recommendation, and thank you for that. I mean, in a sense, it's a research report that they've turned into an interesting read, right? That's correct. A research report that has caught the attention of politicians, of government planners, certainly of thought leaders like yourself. So if you're an aspiring entrepreneur or aspiring or existing entrepreneur, mm -hmm. what lessons would you suggest they take away from that? Or what, should, what, what thoughts should the lessons of the book be provoking for aspiring and existing entrepreneurs? Well, I think you have to think about what are you going to do with these additional stages now that are being added into the uh, traditional stages. So you have education, career work, and retirement. Mm -hmm. Now, exploration, being an agile worker, and creating a portfolio. My goal and what I encourage a lot of folks to do is create a portfolio of income-producing opportunities. And it doesn't have to be six-figure income for all of these. If you have five or six or seven different streams of income mm -hmm. over your lifetime and over your career, retirement looks really, really different. And a lot of people I hear now say, well, I'm not going to like retire, retire. The whole retirement thing has changed, has changed also. So how are you equipping yourself to explore different opportunities, to learn more? How are you becoming agile and how are you becoming flexible and how you, can you create a portfolio of businesses or income creating um, opportunities to help you grow old and have a good solid retirement. So you could do side gigs where you could create a little income here and there. I got a buddy of mine that owns and uh, not owns, but operates as a general manager for a, a private equity, a private a company that's held by private equity. Okay. He tries for Uber on the weekends. I'm like, why do you do that? He goes, <laughs> The people are crazy. He goes, it's great. I just use, I love just hearing the conversations. So he goes, and I like just, you know, it's not a lot of money, but I kind of like the whole interaction there, you know, and then some other options other than side gigs are like self-employment, doing some, like just some consulting based on a level of expertise or an area of expertise outside of your 
your current W-2 role. Subcontracting, going in and doing some subcontracting work in an area that, that you're, you're good at. Buying a franchise business, right? You know, when I was looking at businesses 10 years ago, there's like, there's no way I'm going to own a Subway. Nothing against Subways. <laughs> I'm no way I'm going to own, you know, an In-N-Out burger joint, whatever that looks like. Yeah, what, what we I all went, think of when we think of franchise. Yeah, yeah. We all think of food and French fries, right? So then once I got into saying, boy, there's all these industries and all these opportunities, whether it's coaching or uh, staffing or uh, health and fitness and mental wellness and physical therapy, all these options, it's like, wow, I can create an, create income that way. Or you can go out and start something up, which is like what I would call a hardcore entrepreneur. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm a hardcore entrepreneur. We all know those people like, I got this idea, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Yeah. But what I yeah. like about consulting or franchising or self-employment is it's really this great mix between being a corporate executive and being a hardcore entrepreneur where like even a franchise, as you know, can give you the guardrails and give you the operating system to execute. So there's all these different ways to fill in these additional stages, whether it's income or whether it's learning or just being adaptable. Yeah. Yeah. And what I figured was going to come up and it did. And in, in the midst of that conversation, the door opened and in walked our old friend, Mr. Side Hustle. That was uh-huh. kind of part of your point. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Sound a little here on here on eBay. You got a little, got a little something, something here. So, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's what do you need to do to create income? And now I will tell you, not everybody's equipped to be a gig worker. Not everybody's equipped to be a business owner. And, and that's okay. But you always have to be thinking about how are you generating income? Now, it's great. If those folks out there can hit 65 or 67 and retire with the gold watch and collect social security and live off the retirement, good for them. There's nothing wrong with that. That is just becoming very, it's becoming harder and harder to do uh, as we, as we all get a little older. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Let me ask you one last question as we're getting near the end of our time here. So lessons, Uh, we talked a little bit about, or you talked a little bit about, um, you know, being able to diversify yourself and create a portfolio of businesses Mm -hmm. for that listener that might be in the process of starting or thinking about starting their first business. Any best practices or suggestions you would give as far as setting up that first business such that you can be ready for Mm -hmm. additional future businesses? Uh, Find a coach, number one. Uh, Even, even, you know, professional athletes, you know, I love golf. You know, most golfers have two or three coaches, a swing coach, a putting coach, a strength and conditioning coach. Find a coach, you know, whether you're looking to start a business from scratch, you know, score is a great, a great solution. The small business administration, whether you're going to buy a franchise, use a coach, you know, like you. Uh, that can guide people through and, and sherpa them through the path to help them not only identify what they what they need, but help them identify things they're not even aware of. So whether you are, you know, even if you're going to do a little side hustle, find somebody to mentor you. Find somebody that's done it before. Uh, you know, ha- don't be afraid to ask a lot of questions and go out and do the research and say, hey, I want to do this. Who can help me do this? That That's really my biggest is like, I think a lot of people, get so stuck in their head that they got to do it on their own. They're all out on their own. And, you know, you're not a good entrepreneur if you have yeah. to get help. And that is the furthest, furthest thing from, from the truth. Great advice. Thank you. Todd, mm-hmm. before we do finalize things, how can people get a hold of you at TP4 Advisors? 
Uh, TP4advisors.com uh, is our website. And that's the or, number four. So letter T, yeah. letter P, yeah. number four. And then advisors with an O. Yeah. So uh, TP4advisors.com. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Todd Feaster, P-F-I-S-T-E-R. And uh, more than happy to be an open networker and, you know, spend 15, 20 minutes on a, on a phone call or a Zoom and a cup of coffee. And uh, if I can help expand anybody's network, always happy to do that. Todd, thank you so much for a very eye-opening conversation and a really interesting twist on something that's kind of sitting out there right in front of all of us, but you connected a lot of the dots. Uh, I appreciate that very much. You covered in one conversation the gig economy, the 100-year life, uh, expanding lifespans, fractional CFO services. I don't know how you did it, but you managed it. So thank you so much for being with us today. That's going to wrap up another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. One more thanks to Todd Feaster with TP4 Advisors. And we look forward to seeing all of you again on another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. A Huda Media Production.